today. You find it uh, all, all over the world. Uh, it's getting more and more prevalent where people are, are getting more bold about what they believe and how they do not want to hear what your beliefs are, what your, your opinions are, what your convictions are. What may be right for you may not be right for me. They don't, they don't want to hear anybody's full set of standards. They want to live life as they see fit. And it happens in every area, every walk of life. It's, it's really prevalent today at the homosexual lifestyle, with recreational drugs, with the kinds of friends that our kids keep, uh, with the beverages, beverages we consume. And the list goes on and on of how people want tolerance. They don't want judgment. They don't want anybody to say anything against what they, they think. And to back this up, people throw out a Bible verse. They throw out a, book, a verse we're going to look at today about do not judge or you will not be judged. And they, you know what? They're half correct on that. They, they don't realize that they think they're 100% correct, but they, believe it or not, they are halfway correct on do not judge or you will be judged. The way you judge others is the way you're going to be judged yourself. In Luke chapter 6, verses 37 to 42, we're going to see what does the Bible say about judging. We're going to see kind of the wrong way to judge and the right way to look at things in order to correct our brother but not be judgmental. So Luke chapter 6, verses 37 to 42. It says, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For what the measure you use, it will be measured to you. He also told them this parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A student is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be just like his teacher. Verse 41 says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Hey, brother, let me take that speck out of your own eye, or your eye when you yourself fail to see the plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Let's pray, and then we'll, we'll go back into it. God, again, I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for the chance to share this. And I know this isn't a topic that uh, most people find exciting to listen to, and I, I don't even like to get up here to, to share just for the, the discomfort of talking about judging. But, God, it's in your word, and I just pray that it would, we would all hear from you exactly what we need to hear, and you just bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So right off the bat, you get this verse that a lot of people quote, verse 37, Do not judge, and you will not be, conjet, you will not be judged. Who has the right to tell me, who, who has the right to tell you what is right and what is wrong? Uh, no one has that right. That's what the world says. And the same idea has crept into churches and into a lot of Christians' minds, where, wait a second, I'm forgiven. I, I have my own set of standards. Uh, it may not be right for you, but it's right for me, and vice versa, so I have no freedom to tell anybody anything. The idea of tolerance has become so big that we, we don't even dare open our mouth to, to let somebody know that, hey, maybe what you're doing isn't correct, or even that we disagree because everybody has their own opinions and everybody's entitled to that, to where that it's just, it just silences people. And today, I want to just give everybody just a little bit of courage when you do open your mouth, to have the courage to do it, and when maybe to keep our mouth shut. Um, but this is mainly talking about uh, the Christian population. 
Now, we all make judgments. It's, it's just a part of everyday life. And we make judgments on, uh, is this item worth the price? It says it's $4 for a gallon of milk. Am I, is that worth the price? Is this, is this outfit, do I like the colors? Do they match? Should we ever have Josh up here singing again? We make judgments like that all the time. Well, it's the first time I sang, but um, bosses, they make judgments on, is this the right employee? Is, is this the right uh, brand for this cattle? We, we just look at things that we, we make judgments. It's just a part of everyday life. Is this the kind of person that I want to hang out with? Is, are they going to be a good influence or a bad influence? Is, what kind of music do I like? We just, it's a part of life to, to look at things and, and choose which is the better choice. It's, we're not robots. We, we, we make choices. We try to train our kids. This is how you decide what kind of friend to hang out with. This is how you decide which kind of music to listen to. This is how you decide what is okay in this situation and what is not. So making judgments in itself is a smart thing to do. But there's a right way and a wrong way. The wrong way to make judgments about people is by the world standards. Uh, to, to make a judgment is to form or express a judgment or opinion of a person or thing which is most commonly unfavorable. Now, we all kind of know what a judgmental person is like. They're the kind of person who's always finding the faults in other people. I, I even might be doing the same thing that someone else is doing, but I'm not doing it as bad as they are. So that person is worse. Uh, there's... Um, they're the kind of people that they just see the negative in everybody. And everything that they look at, they just they find their faults. And it, you always come out on top. I know it's, it's easy to fall into that trap, just being human, to look and say, well, I, I don't speed as fast as somebody. Or I don't, use, I don't talk about people as much as someone else does. Or the list goes on and on. But that's not even how we should, should be. We should not judge the world by human standards. Now, human standards are... Uh, are flexible, they're biased, they're clouded. They change what the moods we're in. You know, this week, uh, I was trying to water the lawn, and this is kind of an example of what, it's kind of like the moods we go through, it's kind of the way people base their judgments. If I'm in a good mood, bad things don't seem so bad. And if I'm in a good mood, or a bad mood, bad things seem even worse. When we were watering the lawn, Noah accidentally twice sprayed me with the hose. I was not in a good mood, so guess how I responded? I was really grumpy. And then yesterday, he sprayed me on purpose. I still did not want to get wet. But because I was in a good mood, it was not that big a deal. And that's the problem with our, with our judging and with our, our own opinions is it, it fluctuates based off the person, based off the situations that I'm in. And that's not the way Jesus operates. God's standards and his word are perfect. They are consistent. They're right, and they're just, and they're fair. They're not fluctuating where you have to try to figure out what is the standard of how to live my life. It's always there. It's the standard that Jesus lived up to when he was here on earth, and it's the standard that he's expecting us to live up to on our own. So we cannot judge by the world standard. So there's two different ways that we can do this. The first is by mere appearances. And in John chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus is having this discussion with the Pharisees, because the Pharisees, they're saying, hey, it's okay for us to kind of break the law, the Sabbath, in order to circumcise a boy, because we want to keep that law. But that's okay, but in order for Jesus to heal on the Sabbath, that's not okay, because that's breaking the law. And Jesus even says the exact words, stop judging by human appearance. You guys are using your own standards 
to choose what is right or wrong and not what my standards are. Um, and this, in a book by H.A. Ironside, he pointed about, out the folly of judging others. He related an incident of a, man, of a bishop. He's, a, he's aboard a ship, and he was sailing for Europe on one of those, a great ocean liner. When he was there, he went down to his, his booth, his berth, where you have people who are, are sharing a cabin where they're going to sleep. Well, uh, this, this priest said, you know what, this guy looks kind of shady. I, I've looked at him, and I don't think this is the kind of guy that I trust. And so I'm going to take my gold and my valuables, and I'm going to stick them upstairs in the, the, this, the boat safe. And the guy says that he, he gave it to, he says, well, that's, that's a, a wise thing to do. Um, he says, it's all right, Bishop. I'll be very glad to take care of them for you. He said, the other man has been up here, and he already, he already left his stuff for the same reason. So you have this guy who's, the bishop is judging just an ordinary guy based off of how he looks, and this guy's doing exactly the same thing to him. The bishop, you wouldn't expect that anybody would look at him and think, I can't trust this guy, but based off appearance, they had no idea who each other were, but they were both treating each other exactly the same way. Now we can make judgments about people all day long about all sorts of things. Well, now when it comes to basing of uh, judging people based off of physical appearance, uh, there's, that's really easy to do. You can do that based off of the color of skin. Now, we're all white in here. You know, it might, uh, if you were to go to a black church, which we did that one time, there's a whole bunch of black people, and we're the only white people, they're probably making judgments about us that we are like every other white person. And in Davenport, I have a, a black brother-in-law, and it's like everybody there probably looks and says, you're just like every other black person. Or if you go to China or to Mexico, we just you can base things off of uh, the color of skin. You can, there's uh, a missionary card. I almost, I almost said, hey, let's put it up here, but I don't know this girl. There's a missionary family, and I'd love to meet this daughter. I, she's about 14 or 15, and she's got the bluest hair you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it's like the blue of Noah's shirt. And it's like you look at her and you say, wait a second, you're a missionary's kid. What are you, going astray or something? You have blue hair? I mean, she looks nice otherwise, but uh, we can make a, a, just judgments that this person is, is not, she's going to go off the deep end just based off of the way she looks. We can do it off of piercings and tattoos. Uh, Jason was over here yesterday. We were discussing uh, his tattoo uh, last night at dinner. He's got this great big wolf on his armor. And, and uh, he's like, I wonder what people thought about that. Because a lot of people hadn't seen that he had this great big tattoo. And, oh, no. I mean, if, you, if I told you guys I had a tattoo, what would you think? I could show you. Oh, thumbs up? No, I'm just kidding. I don't have a tattoo. <laughs> but it's like, wait a second, you have a tattoo or people have multiple piercings, which, I mean, in, a, in our culture, it's getting more and more common, but at first it's like, oh no, you have piercings, you have tattoos, you have more than one earring in. That's a bad thing. We can make judgments. It, you may be right, you may be wrong, but it's not our job to make judgments. You can just assume because somebody's a good hard worker or they're very athletic, or they're a smart kid in school, that they're a quality citizen. But you, you read all the time about teachers who have gone astray, or kids who have gone astray, or sports figures who are in jail right now for domestic abuse. And it's like, man, how could, you, how could your character be so bad when you're so good at these things? We just idolize you and think you're awesome, but then when you see when you make a judgment about the kind of person they are, and you find out more about them, and it's like, whoa, I was way off. You can't Judge based on 
personal appearance, and the list could go on and on and on. Even the music we listen to, you, you, you could judge people based off of the, what they listen to and think, oh, no. I mean, like, I will judge people who listen to rap. My kids love it. <laughs> um, Noah loves Toby Mac. I'm like, ugh, I can't, I really don't make judgments about people who listen to rap, but I, I prefer country music, and I prefer Christian music, and I prefer anything but that. So I'll, I'll try not to hold it against you. So you can't judge based off of physical appearance, what you, what you think people are like just based off of looking at them. But you also can't judge other people's motives. And, I mean, I can't judge your motives, and you can't judge mine. We can assume, and we can put the pieces together and say, boy, it sure looks like somebody meant this by what they said, but you don't know. Um, in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, you have kind of this, the, whole, the ideas tied together, because Samuel's looking through uh, David's brothers. And there's, there's like, I think, seven of him, and then there's, of his brothers, and then there's David. And, and Samuel looks at the first one and says, this has got to be the guy. He's, he's ruddy, he's tall, he's good-looking, he's the oldest, he's got to be the guy. And God tells Samuel, look, buddy, don't judge by the outward appearance. That's how man looks at, judges things. God looks at the heart. God knows what's going on inside your heart. He knows what's going on inside your head, why we do what we do, but we can't look at each other. All I can see is the skin on the outside of you. What, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, will... Uh, what's on the inside does come out, but I can't judge your motives based off of what, you, what I see or what I think you're doing. So we don't know why someone gives or why someone doesn't give. We don't know why, why someone gave the amount that they, they gave. Uh, John Wesley, uh, he's, he's a famous guy back in the day, and he, he tells of, of a man he, had a little, he only had a little bit of respect for because he considered him to be miserly and covetous. One day when this person contributed only a small gift to a worthy charity, Wesley openly criticized him. After the incident, the man went to Wesley privately and told him that he had been living on parsnips and water for several weeks. He he explained that before his conversion, he had run up many bills. Now, by skimping on everything and taking nothing for himself, he's trying to pay off all his creditors one by one. He says, Christ has made me an honest man. And so with all these debts I have to pay, I can only give a few tokens above my tithe. I must settle up my worldly accounts with my neighbors and show them that the grace of God, what he can do in the heart of a man who was once dishonest. Wesley then apologized to the man and asked for his forgiveness. All he was doing was looking and saying, this guy is not giving anything or hardly anything. And he's judging his motives that he's miserly and that he's covetous. And he turns out and says, whoa, wait a second. You know what? That's what that guy should be doing. He should be paying back what he owes. And he should, he's making a bigger statement to those people than a few extra dollars is going to make into a plate. And so we're, we all can be guilty of that, but you can't judge by worldly standards, by appearances, or by, by what you think people's motives are. All those standards or all those judgments that we make are by what I think. They're my judgments. They're my opinions. And the world is right about that. Everybody in here who's ever said, do not judge or you're going to be judged, is right. You don't judge by the world standards. You don't judge by what you see or what you think. We have a different judgment standard of what we're supposed to do. After we judge people, I mean, after we get kind of an opinion about people of the way they are, we start reacting differently to them. The next step is kind of like we judge them, but we start treating them differently. If I, I mean, and some of that makes sense. If I think somebody is going to 
be a bad influence on my kid. I'm going to at- respond differently to that because I don't want that on my kid. I don't want that somebody to do that to him. But, uh, but not every judgment we make is correct, and not every way we treat people is the right way that we should treat them. And that's the next thing. And he says uh, to be, instead of being judgmental, instead of being condemning, we need to be merciful. We need to be showing love, which is a lot harder to do. I mean, it's, it's, sometimes it's, it's a favorite pastime to just look at people and to judge people. Not, not out loud vocally, but we look and we compare ourselves and say, man, I look better than that person, or, or um, I don't do what that person does. And it just starts to make me feel better because I don't do those kinds of things. But he says in verse seven, uh, 37, that if we forgive, we will be forgiven, which I realize is a very hard thing to do sometimes. You know, Noah sprayed me with the water. He was, I was mad, and he was crying, and he was sorry. And it's like, okay, it was my fault. I mean, I shouldn't be yelling at him for that. But it's like, okay, I can forgive that. I mean, it's hot out, and it felt good, really. I just didn't like it. Um, but I can forgive that. But if somebody really deeply hurts you, it's not always easy to forgive them. I mean, there's, there's lots of horrendous crimes that people have done to each other. And a true Christian, though, at some point is going to get to the point where they forgive them. It may take a long time, but because God has forgiven us so much, we're going to be able to forgive other people. If not, uh, it's, it, we have, we have some, some explaining to do when we get up to heaven. Because God has forgiven us so much, we have to forgive them. In Matthew, I won't read it, but in Matthew 18, verses 22 to 35, there's the story of this unmerciful servant. This guy owed his somebody about 10,000 talents, and we're just going to call that $10,000. I don't know what it's worth, but to make it easy. And he, he begged and begged, please forgive me. Please don't make my family work off this debt. And the guy said, okay, I realize you can't pay me back, so I'm going to forgive you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, he goes out, and somebody owes him $100. And he says, give me my $100 right now. And the guy's like, please forgive me. Give me time. I'll pay it back. He says, no way, I'm not going to pay you back. I mean, or no way, I'm not going to wait for you to pay me back. You're going to go into jail, and you're going to work off everything that you owe. And the, the guy who forgave the 10,000 talents, he, said, he found out about that. He's like, wait a second, I just forgave you so much. How could you not forgive this guy a little bit? I mean, that's not even a fraction. 100 versus 10,000, the percentages don't even you know, compare. It's not even 1% of what that guy owed. And he wasn't willing to forgive. He says, if you don't forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. He also says, uh, and Jesus said in verse 35 and 36, to be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful. I mean, I, I should just I should not even look at anybody else. I just, should just look at myself and think, man, how lucky am I? God has forgiven me so much that there's no way I should even look at the offense anybody has done against me because he's forgiven me so much. But it's hard for the judgmental person to forgive because they've played the jury or the judge and the jury and they convicted somebody and says this is what you deserve and this is the way that you're going to be treated he says on the contrary give or forgive and you'll be forgiven and give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use it will be measured to you now there's there's more of a biblical picture here but i want to use something else uh, ice cream cone, you know, when you, when you go get ice cream because it's hot and you get your cone filled up and they, sometimes they just put a little bit of ice cream on top and they push it down a little bit and you know that that bottom half of that cone is empty. 
And you know, you're trying to push it down with your tongue so when you get down there, you're not just eating this crunchy stuff. This, the, the picture here is, is giving you exactly what you deserve. You buy an ice cream cone, if they do a good job, they get it all the way to the bottom. And they put it on top, and sometimes it's falling over the side. Well, it says if you, if you give, that's what you're going to get in return. It's, it's going to be like, we're, well, there's not going to be this big gap of a missing spot. We're going to cram everything that you deserve and more into your, into your ice cream cone, into what you give. It says if you give, you're going to get it back. And you're going to even get even more in return because it's going to be running over. So it's like the idea that you you are judge you are you are uh, judging. Guess what? You're going to get almost more than you gave. You don't want that. And if you're condemning and if you're uh, forgiving, you're going to get more than you forgave. And if you are giving to others and helping people, you're going to get even more than you gave. He says, don't be judgmental. Don't look at people and just see all their faults and what's wrong with them. Be understanding, be forgiving, be loving, be merciful. God did the same thing for you. you got to do the same thing for other people. So I said the world's half right. I mean, people who say do not judge or you'll be judged, they're half right. But they're only half right. If you're half right, that's 50% right. But that's also 50% wrong. Because we go on to look at this about this guy with the, the little speck in his, his brother's eyes and the plank in his own eye. Uh, he says, you go... He says, first you, you deal with yourself, and then you go to that person. And there's some other scriptures we can look at for a few minutes that back up the idea of, of it is important to let people know if they are doing something wrong. But the standard is not, does it bother me, or, or what do I think about it? The thing is, is it God's standard? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 12 to 13, Paul even gets into talking about, I don't even judge those outside the church. Those people outside the church who, who don't know the Lord, I don't, I don't for, enforce God's standard on them. There was, there's even one time where uh, there, was, uh, there was a family member that was living uh, with, with a woman, and they were not married, and it was, you, you can just picture how all that goes, and I, we were like, man, we should bring this up. And I, the first question I asked him was, do you consider yourself a believer? And if he says no, then it's like, Okay, you can come on over. Life is just fine because I'm not going to force God's standard on you if you don't know Him. I mean, it's still wrong, but it's it's still it's God's standard, and it's, I'm not going to just push God's standard on you. You still need a Savior and all that kind of thing. We didn't even get that far. He just said, "You have no right to tell me." Blah blah. He's very polite about it, but he's like, "I'm not telling you anything." And that was kind of the end of the conversation. And there was this a great big issue, but it's like. Paul says, I'm not going to judge those outside the church. But he does say, 2 Corinthians 5, 12, uh, and 13. No, it's not 2 Corinthians 5, 12, 13. No, 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry. That makes a lot more sense. 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, it says, What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? It's not his job. He says, Are you not to judge those inside the church? God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. So there's a point where we have to judge a situation, not because we're being judgmental, like, how dare you do this kind of things, but we look with our eyes, we judge, this is a good deal and this is a bad deal. We judge and say, boy, that's not a good choice, because that's clearly going against what God wants, or that doesn't look like it's going against what, it does not look like it's going with what God wants. It's, we have, we, there's still a, a position where we have to look and we have to choose. We have to use our senses and our brains in order to look at someone else. Some of these are very obvious. 
Sometimes it's really obvious to say, hey, you know what, Leslie, murdering is wrong. You should not have killed somebody. I mean, that's really obvious, right? Or if somebody's stealing or if you watch your friend cheat on a test, it's real easy to say, hey, Ashley, don't cheat on a test. You know, isn't it tough to be, yeah, if I know your name, it's tough. Um, but it's like, it's, it's easy for specific things that are listed in the Bible, but there's other things where it gets a little more difficult. In Colossians 3, verses 7 through 9, it says, But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Boy, it doesn't say what exactly, what, how much anger is too much anger, how much rage is too much rage, how much, what exactly counts as slander, or what exactly counts as filthy language. So it's really tough in some areas to say, you know what, Noah, you know what, Josh, I think that maybe you shouldn't be using those words. Because that, I think, would be considered. There's still a point where we've got to go to each other or come to me and say, you know what? And I have, I have a, a, an example where someone came to me that I'm going to share, and it's like, it's really tough to take when somebody does that for you. But that's, that's an example of, it's a little more gray where it's not exactly all right but the, the Bible talks about, uh, we saw in 1 Corinthians 5, verse 13, it says, expel the immoral brother from among you. There's a point where you look at and say, you know what, this person is not walking with the Lord. They, they're doing this very obvious thing that's wrong. We've got to make a judgment that this is the right thing to do. So there's, there's a point where it is okay to do it. And there's a point where we almost have a responsibility to do it because we're not speaking we're not using our own judgments. We're trying to use what God's word says, and he uses us to help each other. There's even, uh, in Matthew 18, it talks about, like, with church discipline. I mean, we're, it's not like just do whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want, because, I mean, that's what the world's doing out there anyway, and we, we can't stand it. And in the church, it's the same thing. We don't just have a license to sin. Paul talks about that. Our freedom in Christ is not a license to sin. We still have to follow God's word. But sometimes we get off track a little bit. And, and uh, so when do we do this? And how do we do this? Because I, I can think of running through people's minds, there's no way I'm going to talk to somebody about a fault. Because A, I'm not perfect. B, I'm afraid of how they're going to respond. And I stand up here too and say, I'm afraid to do that. I mean, I told you about the one guy I talked to, but it's like, I, I try, I've tried a few times, and it's scary because... I, I know exactly what's coming back. Well, you do this, I mean, because I'm not perfect either. But that doesn't limit us from the opportunity or the, the, the fact that God wants us to do this. But if we're going to do this, he says in verse 41, to judge yourself first. Look at yourself. See, am I doing this very same thing that I'm letting somebody else know, hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Because that's where we become a hypocrite. Now, being a hypocrite is not just okay, once in a while I, I slip up and I do something wrong because nobody's perfect. I mean, I, I can't tell you never to lie because I've lied in the past. Well, I can't get up here and tell you anything because I'm not perfect in judging. I'm not perfect in uh, condemning. I'm not perfect in, in all these things. But the thing is, the difference is, it's the somebody who just who does it and it never even works on it. It's that my, I, have, I have this problem with my tongue and I never work on it. And now I'm like judging you and saying, hey, You've got to stop doing that. That's where it becomes hypocritical. Not because I slip up sometimes or I've done it in the past, but it's when I habitually do it and I don't even work on it. That's kind of where the hypocritical part comes in. And if we're, we're 
uh, if we don't take the plank out of our own eye, if we don't look at ourselves, all of a sudden that clouds our judgment. I mean, if I if I don't look at my tongue or my thoughts or or the, the, the things that I'm doing and see how that compares with what God's word says, my judgment's going to be clouded. I'm going to just look at you and say, "Wow, whatever you're doing is way worse," because I haven't even compared. I haven't even looked at myself. And if I do, then I'm going to be like, "Whoa, I ugh, I got to be careful," and I can't just go up proud and conceited and say, hey, you got to work on this. I'm going to go in gentleness and love because I'm going to be, I struggle with this too, but maybe we can work on this together. So there's a point to do it, but you got to, you got to look at yourself first, and you're not going to be perfect at it first. I mean, I mean I'd mean, i have to just step down right now because I struggle with being judgmental towards people just like I'm sure everybody does. And I'd have to step down, and you'd have to find someone who is, not judgmental, you know, so. But if you're going to go, you got to go, you go prayerfully. You know that the, the other person's going to respond well when you talk to them. You got to say, hey, God, can you double check my life and make sure that I'm walking with the Lord or that I'm not doing this very thing that I see in somebody else. You go privately. You know, you, you don't discuss it with everybody else first. Hey, you know what Noah's problem is and blah, blah, blah. And we finally get the nerve to go talk to him be, and we go as a team. It's like, hey, I see Noah's got this issue, poor kid. I go to him one-on-one and say, hey, look, here's, here's, this is what I see, and hopefully from there it goes well. But I don't discuss it with everybody else like it's everybody else's business. You go humbly. You go gently. You're not cocky like you've got it all figured out. I mean, I'd be like scared to death like, boy, this is what I see, and I, I feel embarrassed to even bring this up because I know that I myself am not perfect. But it's going to be responded better if we do that. And it's a scary thing to do. I told Emo last week that uh, when we're talking about uh, loving our enemies and how hard it is to be up here and, and say stuff like that because I have to practice what I preach. And it's hard to do that. Um, it's hard to not be judgmental. It's hard to go lovingly. It's hard to even go at all to help confront somebody else. This little parable of, of Jesus gave of, can a blind man lead a blind man? Obviously not. One guy can say, yeah, I know, all the, I know exactly the trail to go, but if he's never been there and there's two people walking, whatever that one guy, the friend who's trusting him, whatever that first guy does, this second guy's going to do with him. If it's falling off a cliff, if it's running into a car, if it's running into a wall, whatever that first guy does, he's going to lead these other people to do. And Jesus has been talking to his disciples. These are the guys who are going to go out into the world and share Christ with them. And he's telling them, hey, if you guys are going to run around, be like me. I wasn't out there being judgmental. I was being out there lovingly. If you guys are out there being judgmental, the people that you're leading, guess what they're going to do? They're going to be judgmental. But if you guys go out there lovingly and humbly and you uh, be show mercy like I showed you mercy, guess what those people are going to do? They're going to learn that's exactly the way that I need to be. So it's it's more than just for myself because I lead by example. You guys lead by example in your homes, in your workplaces, uh, in the church. By the way we, we look at each other and the way we talk about each other, we are leading by an example. And so we have to be very careful because the way we do, we're going to be, someone else is going to be going that same direction. But it's not easy. Now, let's just say this week, hopefully not, hopefully everybody in here is, been minding their P's and Q's, but if somebody does come up to you and says, hey, Caleb, I can only pick on, it's hard to pick on everybody else. Hey, Caleb, this is what I see that you're doing wrong. There's all sorts of different responses that we can give. 
the very first response that I want to give is, who, how dare you judge me because you yourself are not perfect? I mean, that's the first response that we want to give. Uh, like, who died and made you God? You do this, you do that. But your goal is to be like Jesus. And if there really is something that I'm doing wrong, please come and tell me because I need to hear. My, my goal is, is not just to keep the peace. My goal is to be more like Jesus every day. Now, don't all do it at once, okay? If you see a fault, one at a time, okay? I can't handle that many. But if somebody comes to you, the, the natural thing is to want to be judgmental. But the second thing is to just hear them out. Because maybe they are telling you something that you need to hear. Maybe they're not. But then you, sit, you compare with what they're telling you, with what the scriptures say. Because someone might be just throwing out their own opinion at you. But it, it never hurts to just listen to what they're saying. And you may not be doing it. You say, okay, well, thanks for the, for the little lecture, but I'm, I'm not doing it, so I'm going to keep... But you're, you're just going to know. So I, I would just say, listen, hear them out. Don't make these rash judgments. Don't blow up in their face. When I was uh, about 16 at Awana, every, uh, I was leading these TNT boys, and they were like the 8 through 12-year-olds. And um, I guess I had been a little hard on them. I don't remember the exact situation, but there was this kid that came up. He was about probably 10 or 11. And he came up, and he, he said, can I talk to you in the other room? And so we're in there. He's, he's starting to tell me about how I'm, I've been kind of rough on the other boys. And... What? Of course, how is a teenager going to respond to that? Well, kind of like I have every right, and how dare you, and blah, 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 and just write them the right act, like, what do you expect me to do? These kids aren't listening. Well, then it's like, okay, eat humble pie and go back, and I had to tell them, okay, okay, maybe you are right. You know, and I'm sorry. But the natural response was, I didn't even think about what I did right or wrong. I just let them have it. I was like, I don't, I just, you're a kid. How dare you come and do that to me? But it was, it, it's a, it was a natural tendency, and I promise, if you come up to me now, I will not blow up in the face. I, I just, I feel like I've grown in that area of life. Maybe enough people have corrected me over my, over my lifetime. And, then, and think it over, pray about it. If, if it's something that needs to change, change it. You know, all the time, people in the church leave for, for that kind of reason. They, they feel like people are judgmental, that somebody confronts them on something, and they don't like it. Whether it's right or wrong or done in the right or wrong way, they don't like it. And that's, it's a shame that people do that because nobody is perfect. We all could use correcting. And when we come to church to hear God's word to say, hey, today it happens we talk about judging. And you guys compare yourselves with what, what scripture says. When you read it, you compare and say, okay, I'm, supposed to, uh, I'm not supposed to use foul language or whatever. And you could think, well, do I do that? You just compare your own self with what Scripture says. And God says, here's another tool, and it's going to be each other. That is so if you're willing to accept what Scripture says, we should at least be willing to listen to what other people say. But if you do go, go as gentle as you can, as lovingly as you can, as unhypocritical as you can, and it should be fine. But show compassion. and it's, We just got to get this idea out of our heads that I'm looking at others and saying, look, I'm better than them. I, and I'm not, it's, it's not easy to do. It's, it's a fun pastime to just look and say, hey, I'm, I'm better than that person because I don't do this or that. Even if you don't use that exact words, I'm better than this person or that person. Just one more story of, of a guy who judged by an appearance. And then he, he ended up I'm feeling terrible about it. This happened in Spokane, Washington. Uh, Charles Swindoll was told 
At a pastor's conference in Spokane, Washington, Chuck Swindoll told of being at a Christian, con- at a Christian camp in California. The first day, there was a man approached him and said how greatly he had looked forward to hearing Dr. Swindoll speak and how at his delight is finally getting the chance to hear him. Well, that evening, Swindoll noticed a man sitting near the front, but in only a few minutes, the mess of the man, but only in a few minutes, the man was asleep sitting in the front seat. And uh, Swindoll, he, he started out right. He thought, well, maybe the guy, he worked hard at work days yesterday. That wasn't it. But I, anyway, he, he worked, he worked, maybe he's, he's, busy, he's worked hard throughout the day, and so he's, he's just really tired. But this was like a, a multiple night thing. It said the th- same thing happened the next few nights. And Dr. Swindoll found himself exasperated at the man. On the last night, the man's wife came up and apologized for her husband's inattention during the messages. She then explained that he had recently been diagnosed as having terminal cancer, and the medication he was taking to ease the pain made him extremely sleepy. But it had been one of his lifelong ambitions to hear Dr. Swindoll speak before he died, and now he had just fulfilled that goal. You have no idea looking at other people. Why are they doing what they're doing? You can't judge by appearances as, as what they, their intentions or anything. You have this guy who is, he, he, he was just good enough just to be there. He's terminal. He's going to die. He, all he wanted to do was hear him speak. And he, he only lasted a few minutes. So just, just maybe this week, before we, we make some rash decision about somebody, put yourself in their shoes and see how maybe why they responded the way they responded or why they're doing or what the, the whole story of the is before you look at one little detail and just judge that person and determine how they ought to be treated. Remember to show mercy and to show compassion because that's exactly what God does for each of us every day. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your word. God, I, I, I thank you for your grace. I thank you, God, for your patience because we deserve judgment. We deserve condemnation. We don't deserve forgiveness, and we don't deserve you to give us anything. But because you loved us and you, you decided that you were going to pay the price so that we could have salvation, I pray that, God, you'd help us, even myself, God, not to be judgmental. It's, I, it's easy to do before I even realize that I'm doing it. Please help us not to be judgmental, but to show mercy and to love as you have shown us love and shown us mercy. And I just pray that you'd help us to do a better job, a better job of it this week. In Jesus' name, amen.